Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. Our first exercise here in the Eccentric Minute is the K-Box Squat. This is the granddaddy of all of them, guys. One that we use at all levels of our training with a vast array of athletes. A couple big tips. I like to use a, something for our hands to support it. Make sure that strap is completely taut to the top. Don't leave it short. Don't leave it long. What I really like the most about it, guys, the iso-inertial wheel, we're going to use this with other squats as well. The other squats are working to depth. These, we're going to get to an athletic position and work our way up. Push hard and make sure you're fighting to hit that breaking force. As we cut reps, we usually cut depth as well to make it a little bit more transferable to what we do. This is an awesome exercise that I can't recommend enough. Throw it in your training. It's going to be great for you and your athlete. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Before we get to the show, let's play a little game of name association. When I say the names Hank Krasenhoff, Dr. Natalia Verkashensky, Brett Bartholomew, Dr. Charlie Weingroff, Dr. Brian Mann, and Dr. Fergus Connolly, what do you think? Well, if the answer to that was they each have multiple lectures in the Strength Coach Network, then you would be right. On top of these sensational lectures from these six world leaders, we have well over 100 additional lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world, along with an extremely active forum where there's coaches from all over the world discussing everything in the strength and conditioning world. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash and you'll get your first month for half price. So either hop over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS or go ahead and hop down to the notes and click the link below to get your first month at half price. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today guys, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with SIUE's assistant AD for high performance, Mark Jamison, to discuss the implementation of flywheel training. After a quick little rundown of how they started getting involved with training with iso-inertial work, Mark starts talking about how they really dove in with the use of it with return to play and injured athletes, being able to train around specific injuries that some of their student athletes have. This leads them right into the rabbit hole about talking about KPIs and how they're developed and what they're looking at and how the flywheel has not just impacted their KPIs, but force plate measurements, and even the RPEs that the student-athletes provide through the workouts. Mark then shares with us how they're looking at velocities and how these outputs with these flywheels have shown to be greater than with the barbell and how that impacts not just their barbell training, but their plyometric training and other choices that they're doing outside the weight room with their student-athletes. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Mark, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. Listen, I'm pretty fired up for this one. We've been rapping about some things uh, through the email and, and getting things ready for this. I'm excited for this talk. But, you know, for, for those listening out here, let, let's let them know who Mark is, where you're at, and how you got there. Uh, so I'm the uh, assistant AD for high performance at Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. Um, been here going in uh, my fourth year. Uh, the transition from director of athletic performance to this new position uh, just happened within the last month. Um, prior to that, uh, I was at Bradley University. I was uh, the assistant director uh, with Cody Roberts there, um, and then I did uh, an intern, or sorry, graduate assistantship with uh, Nate Brookerson out at Eastern Washington University. 
Uh, and then prior to that, uh, I was at University of Iowa for an internship. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my path to where I'm at here. Um, you know, we're we're trying to get a lot accomplished here at SIUE. Um, we, as a staff, work with all of our 12 team sports. Uh, I specifically oversee men's soccer, men's basketball, and uh, softball. Uh, but then obviously oversee athletic training, sports nutrition as, as well. So um, yeah, a lot of hats and a lot of busy time sounds like right there. Now you know it. So you're doing some pretty cool stuff with some iso-inertial stuff, excuse me. Um, let's start there. Let's start rapping about that. First of all, why that? Let's start there, and then mm -hmm. let's build into what you guys have been doing and building with it. Yeah, so uh, I was first exposed to the K-Box, I want to say it was 2013, 2014, um, I, roughly after I'd just taken the Bradley job, and I went back to visit uh, all, all my mentors at the University of Iowa, and Landon Evans had just gotten a, a K-Box there, and... Um, you know, I was, I was doing some squat patterns, some some RDL patterns on it, uh, and just super intrigued by it. Uh, so I wanted to dive into it as much as possible and, and get a lot of research on it. Uh, and where I was at at SIUE, we didn't really have any opportunities. There's no pit shark opportunities or anything like that for our injured athletes. Uh, you know, we had a couple hack squat machines, but uh, with our wrestling team, you know, that's majority of those guys have shoulder injuries that, you know, your shoulder, knee, hip, I and mean, there's so much stuff that's that's uh, you know, we need to create modifications for that they're not able to do the half squat. So, so what can we do to try to get as much lower extremity uh, training in as, as, as possible with the equipment that we had? And, and it just wasn't possible. Um, so I purchased one K box and, and pretty much for the first year I had it only used it for our injured athletes, um, all lower extremity injuries to, to start with. And the ease of use, I think was probably the, the thing that stuck out the most. Um, you know, you got three or four guys with knee injuries, ankle injuries, uh, soft tissue, whatever it was uh, that they're working through. And I could get four guys in, you know, four sets of, of squat, and it was significantly faster than I could get, you know, loading, unloading plates. Um, and the feedback I was getting from the athletes was awesome. You know, I, I hadn't started tracking things on the K-meter at that point in time, um, so most of it was just subjective feedback. But then when they were kind of coming back from our return-to-play process and we started to get into our key performance indicators, um, sprinting, jumping, you know, our, our RSI outputs, they were significantly higher than pre-injury, um, you know, without doing what we had been training at, at what would have been our full outputs. Um, so then I uh, purchased the K-meter for that, uh, was one of the kind of initial K-boxes, and started to track the actual outputs, uh, and just saw, I mean, what I was seeing from force outputs, velocity outputs was comparable, and, and if not more, than what we were doing on barbell training. Um, you know, so then I, I just went to the athletic director and said, hey, we need to get more. We need to put some money in and uh, uh, trying to get as, as much of these as possible to start using it with all of our teams and not just injured athletes. Um, you know, and, and so when we first got a few more K-boxes, it kind of became the in-season training. Um, so kind of a, a low system load approach. You know, what I can get in one set of 15 to 20 reps uh, is more than I can get, you know, in, in five sets of four, uh, you know, on a barbell. Um, and obviously the, the stress of racking on racking and changing weights and, and working off percentages and so on and so forth, you know, for, to tell an athlete in season, Hey, I know you're tired. I know you're fatigued. Um, you probably don't necessarily want to be in the weight room for an extended period of time. All I need is, is one set, uh, you know, 15 to 20 reps, give me max effort. And then to give them the feedback on the K meter and show them, Hey, we're getting almost more work than we were on a barbell in that amount of time. Um, that's, that's kind of where it first got started. And, and then, we saw, you know, our, again, our key performance indicators throughout the season 
we were continuously hitting higher numbers as, as we progressed to what would have been our, our conference tournaments, um, you know, going away from what our traditional training methods were. Um, so then we started to overhaul it in the off season and things like that. Um, and, and that's when it really kind of the ground, you know, hit the ground running uh, to where all of our 230, 250 student athletes were using it. Um, and it, it became either a huge part of what they were doing or to supplement what they already had been doing. So how huge of a part of what they were doing did it become? Like breaking it down into the program. And then on top of that, what were you using in season as the exercises with the box? Uh, so kind of what it's, what it's become to overtake some teams, you know, like a men's basketball example, uh, their primary bilateral pattern uh, is for, for a squat pattern is the K-box. Um, that's a, a group of guys that, you know, they go through our, our extensive risk profile analysis. Uh, biomechanically, that's, that's the most efficient pattern for them is the K-box. Uh, you know, we can harness or belt, and that allows them to uh, be able to put their hands on a rack so it's an assisted squat. Um, they still get the force outputs that you would from a barbell, but now it's much more orthopedically sound. It, it's biomechanically more efficient, um, and we can train it for traits. You know, we, we can train it for velocity uh, based on what, what inertia we're using and things like that, you know, tracking from the K-meter. Now, obviously, understanding that I still need to make sure we get maximal hip and knee flexion. Uh, so a team like men's basketball, that their primary squat pattern is the K-box, will still through, you know, corrective exercises or whatever you want to call it. You know, we'll still do a lot of cook squats and bootstrap squats and, and R&T squats and things like that within the warm-up. So we still get uh, maximal, you know, knee and hip flexion, and we're still training the pattern, uh, you know, and developing the pattern. But when we train for traits, we, we go on the K-box, and, and that's where they get their work done. Um, you know, and then you have a team like uh, softball and baseball, for example. We just kind of break it up into tiers. So our early progression tiers, you know, like our incoming freshmen or JUCO transfers, things like that. Uh, you know, they might goblet squat uh, into a transformer bar squat. Um, and instead of doing excessive time under tension, they will get their time under tension and their eccentric volume from the K-box. So we'll actually be able to start adding load for those guys um, and, and train that squat pattern. And then we just on the back end, you know, finish with like a one by 20. And that's kind of our tempo work, you know, for our, our higher tier athletes, you know, our tier two or tier three that have a higher training age, have been around for a while. Um, have exposed, they have, you know, a pretty high level of strength. Uh, they'll get right into, uh, you know, isometric training, things like that, overcoming isometrics. Um, and, and again, continue to use the K-box to hit their time and retention, hit their volume. And then we can start to contrast it. So, you know, you, you look at, at uh, PAT principles and things like that. The K-box is, is by far our best uh, tool when it comes to, to getting PAP training in. Um, so that's kind of it's incorporated in a team that still squats, um, but that's a, 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 a movement that we use to assess um, where they're at in that point in time, on the, um, and then to help supplement the squat pattern. Uh, we've gotten more and more into pulling patterns on it, so we try to RDL as much as possible. Uh, you know, again, the hinge pattern is is by far one of the most beneficial patterns, and once we've developed uh, the hinge pattern through RDLs, you know, barbell RDLs, and we'll do use tempo methods there. Uh, then we'll put him uh, on the K-box. And the velocity of what they're moving it at is, is comparable to a kettlebell swing. Uh, but again, we're getting significantly more, um, you know, eccentric breaking rate of force development. Uh, you know, the force at zero velocity is significantly higher on a K-box than it is with just a, a traditional kettlebell and things like that from our, our higher-end ballistic hinge patterns. Um, and then we did, uh, you know, for the most part with the K-box, a lot of our bent-over-row patterns, that's kind of where we would start from. 
Um, and the nice thing about the K-Box is like the start and the finish is the K-Box because it's all about the inertia that you put on there, the velocity of, of which you're trying to move the pattern. Um, but primarily we use it uh, for the most part for our squat patterns and our pull patterns uh, globally across all teams. Um, and then some of our more advanced teams or teams that train and have higher frequency in the weight room will do uh, like bent over rows and things like that. Now our, our uh, men's basketball team and, and uh, wrestling team, things that we, we want to work hypertrophy, they might do metabolic circuits on there where they do a, a zercher squat into an RDL upright row uh, into a, a deadlift into a curl, you know, and that's good 40 to 60 seconds time under tension. It's a good metabolic effect. Um, and then two, it's, it only takes two or three sets um, and, and they're getting a good, you know, hypertrophic benefit from it. Um, and then we use the K-Pulleys as well. K-Pulleys was a new addition that we got last year. Uh, that's been huge for our baseball, you know, our overhead athlete teams. We didn't really see uh, any oblique or lat injuries this year, soft tissue wise. Um, you know, and whether or not you can attest that to the, the K-Pulley, that is something that we prioritize from a pulling pattern. I love it. So how has your work evolved with the addition of the pulley then? Let's get into that. Uh, I mean, I think it's really taken our rotational work uh, and, and just to a, an extremely higher level. Uh, you know, rotational work, it's difficult. You know, you work your pull-off presses, your, your, your chops, your lifts, things like that. Um, and you can only intensify it so much. You know, you can try to go split stance, single leg stance, things like that. Uh, but then again, you're getting too fancy and the velocity and the force at which you're working at, you're not, you're not having to overcome a lot. Uh, so then it, you know, we're kind of limited to partner passing med ball throws and things like that, where you're, you're getting that eccentric catch and then trying to, to rebound that throw. So we use that now as our precursor to get into the, uh, the K box because of the K box, we can now significantly intensify our chops, our lifts, our, our pull off presses. We can, we can get a lot of, for our baseball athletes, the, lower extremity side of things, how they produce force into the ground is, you know, pretty much identical to what they, they, they have in the box when they're actually swinging. Uh, and, and we just add the, you know, the implement of the K pulley in with that. Um, so we get not only rotational power, but we also get that anti-rotation benefit, uh, because of the, the high centric load coming back. Um, so from a, a power output standpoint, it's been huge. You can track that with K meter on the K pulleys. Uh, so we can actually, you know, leaderboard guys and things like that to show them, um, you know, you know, this is where you start at. This was your baseline. Here's where you're at now in terms of force outputs from a rotational standpoint. Um, so it, it specificity of, of key performance indicators have, have improved. Um, and then two, you know, I, you know, you get some, like we do weighted bat program and, and things like that. Prior when we did weighted bat program, I'm not sure they were fully prepared for it. You know, the volumes obviously is something we need to talk coaches about, but, um, now that we've been able to add rotational work in with the K-Poly, we've seen significantly less injuries uh, with that program. They've seen more benefits uh, from a techno-tactical standpoint. Um, you know, the, the, the pitching coaches and things like that have told us, our hitting coaches have told us. Um, so really, the K-Poly has been huge for our rotational work. Um, and then it's a way to overload. Uh, you know, we do two-to-one rows uh, with our K-Poly's, and that's been a huge uh, benefit. Again, just get that overload pattern for the lats uh, as much as possible. Uh, you talk about subsystems. I mean, that's huge for our, our uh, you know, posterior oblique and anterior oblique subsystems and, and, and their ability to work synergistically to overcome that high amount of eccentric force. Um, so that's that's where it's really had a huge impact um, within our training program. I love that. And I love the fact that you keep coming back to these three really hot letters that everybody's talking about right now. That is KPI. Something that's always fascinated me about key performance indicators is 
What are you selecting? Why are you selecting them? And, and how are you using them to actually dictate training? Uh, so a big part of some of the things that we decide to use as key performance indicators is honestly meetings with sport coaches. So we meet with all the sport coaches key attributes that you need to see out of your athletes. Because obviously the athletes want to see that what we're training in the weight room has some kind of transfer or carryover to the field. So if we're using similar verbiage to what the sport coaches are using, and that's kind of what they're testing or assessing them on, uh, we try to implement that as much as possible within our key performance indicators. Now, a lot of it could be softball and baseball, like first step off of the bag. That, that can easily be our acceleration. Um, but that can obviously uh, as well be like RSI mod on the force plates and things like that. So we take what we're already testing and just kind of input it into what their key attributes are. Um, you know, But for us, uh, power output is, is by far one of the biggest things. RSI um, is, is another tool that we, we look at as much as possible. EUR, eccentric utilization, um, is a huge readiness monitoring tool for us. That also lets, lets us know where you're at at that point in time. Um, you know, and, then, and then speed, speed change of direction are, are the ones that we hit as much as possible. Again, those are things that you do within team, team sport constructs. Um, you know, in a lot of our teams, we're fortunate to have GPS units with five of our teams. That's information that they see on a daily basis is their top speed of practice. Uh, so again, they want to see that what we're doing from our, our key performance indicators are actually helping them improve their acceleration. It's actually helping them improve their their top end velocity and things like that. Um, so those are the primary key performance indicators that we look at. Um, we try to find ones that we're going to train year round. It's not just going to be that point in time. Um, you know, and, and we obviously use as much as possible residual training effects through block periodization. So we're always continuing to build on uh, the same stimulus, um, but those, you know, sprinting, power, change of direction, we train that year-round, so we test it year-round, so it just becomes kind of that continuous monitoring, um, readiness tools, and things like that, but uh, sharing the information with the athletes, sharing the information with the coaches, and hopefully trying to get them to buy into the, the, the transfer it has to what they're doing in their, their actual sport. Love it. Now, you're measuring things on force plates, so what have you seen then have been the big changes in these outputs since you've made the change to using more ISO inertial training? So your ability to, to put force on the ground is significantly higher. I mean, you, you think about the only other way to really develop that uh, with traditional training is plyometrics and, and speed work, obviously. That's very taxing on the nervous system. Um, you know, and, and we, we get a lot of concentric output. So, you know, from zero, zero velocity to, to um, you know, toe off in terms of jumping, things like that, we get that through uh, barbell training. But, it's really hard to get the loading phase down because even, you know, doing a hang power clean or high pull or something like that, the, the rate at which you're putting force on the ground is nowhere near the rate of what you do on the K box because it's dictated by what you do concentrically. So if I put, you know, 2,500, 3,000 newtons concentrically into the K box, it replicates that and more on the way down. So obviously I learn how to load into the floor that much, uh, uh, that much more efficiently. And, and the biggest thing is, uh, you know, talk about force plates, the eccentric braking rate of force development, your ability to overcome that high amount of force into the ground has decreased amortization phase. Uh, so our, you know, our RSIs have uh, significantly improved um, because of your ability to efficiently absorb, you know, put force in the ground, but absorb it and redirect it at a high rate. I love it. And I, you know what, I'm really happy to hear. And it's, I do this show because more often than not, I want people to say things that are going to make me question what I'm doing, but yeah. I'm really happy that I didn't just waste a summer with one guy 
like my reasoning behind like some of the, re- we use it quite often and I use mm-hmm. it extensively with people coming back from injury and then our bigs, I'm starting to use it more and more with right. because of that second jump or that second impact with the ground or whatever we want to call it. Um, and that ability to have, cause I think all too often, and I'd like you to run with us after this rant. Mm-hmm. I think all too often with what we do, and Moyer and I have talked about this a lot, and it might be a Doc thing. I'm sure it is because if Moyer and I are talking about it, it somehow goes back to Doc Yeses. We always worry so much about our ability to absorb force, how we absorb force. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's Doc says it's, it's how you withstand force. I'm not Captain Marvel. Like, I don't have the Infinity Glove. Like, I can't sit right. here or gauntlet. Sorry, Sean Fantuzzi, excuse me for the mistake. I can't absorb this force and, like, fire it back at you. Like, right. I have to withstand it and go the other way. Um, and I think that it's sensational with that. And, again, knock wood, I think that we've done really well building it around one of our big guys. So, like, run with that idea a little bit. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, the way to train that as much as possible, again, you talk about withstanding it uh, to be able to reproduce it at a high rate. You know, we're typically looking at hex bar, trap bar jumps, uh, you know, barbell squat jumps and things like that. But the compressive nature of that and and, and just the, the internal cost of those exercises is so high uh, that you have limited exposure to it, uh, you know, and, and you try to do things at a high frequency. It's very difficult to do that. Um, without putting too much and, and creating too much stress for the athlete. For the K-Box, you know, we, we get our subjective feedback from athletes. The RPEs are significantly lower than anything they're doing on a barbell. Uh, the velocity at which they move it at are significantly higher. So I think just the, the overall buy-in for the student-athlete is so much higher on the K-Box. And we're getting the benefits of what trap bar jumps or squat jumps, barbell squat jumps would be without that significant compressive force because I'm obviously not leaving the ground uh, and then having the high amounts of ground reaction forces, I'm getting very similar force production and absorption, but without actually leaving the ground. So again, you talk about bigs in basketball and all they ever talk about is, Hey, you know, patella tendonitis, tendinopathy, whatever it is, my knees always hurt. My back always hurts. They, you typically don't tend to get that feedback on the, on the K box. So their effort, their intent level is so much higher, uh, because they perceive it as being that much more beneficial and they don't perceive it as a threat where they perceive some of the other exercises we might do as a threat. Um, you know, so I think that being able to withstand that load, you're getting that. That's, that's what it's built for. I mean, the research is, is there in terms of it, it builds elasticity at, at a significantly higher rate than any gravity-based training we can do besides, you know, obviously plyometric exercises and sprinting. We already get that. Uh, and you put that on top of the feedback from the athlete and the buy-in from the athlete, their perception. I mean, that's, you know, that's best bang for your buck right there. Thoughts on combining this with short coupling extensive jumps as kind of hitting both ends of the spectrum? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, I think that's the biggest thing. A lot, a lot of times when I talk to people is, you know, this is, they'll ask, is this completely taking away jumps? Obviously it's not taking away jumps, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not addressing the foot ankle complex, um, which is something that we need to obviously make sure we address as much as possible. What this does, in my opinion, it allows us to, put a lot of energy into our low level elastic jumps, our, our pogo work, our low level hurdle jumps, multi-directional jumps. Uh, it allows us to put more time into acceleration, um, and, and velocity patterns, sprinting patterns. It allows us to put more time into change of direction. 
which again is just high motor skill acquisition in a controlled setting that hopefully again transfers better to the to the actual field or court or wherever you're playing uh because we we don't need to spend as much time with certain movements in the weight room because the k-box already does what two patterns might do together right a, a, an olympic pattern and a, and a traditional squat what those might do together the k-box does in one you know with, with one pattern so now i can spend more time more energy on some of those low level uh, plyometric exercises, more elasticity-based exercises, and then transition those into high rate of force development at, at quick ground contact times in terms of sprinting, bounding, and things like that. I love it, Mark. I love it. Now, you also are cooking something else out there. I'd be remiss if we don't talk about this event you guys got towards the end of the month. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I'm extremely excited about the, uh, the event. It's, it's August uh, 9th and 10th uh, here on campus for us. Um, it, you know, campus most people have probably have never been to SIUE or, or maybe even heard of it uh, it's a beautiful campus um, and and we have a great venue uh, to be able to host this uh, this event um, and the company eccentrics is the the primary host they've done a fantastic job of, of getting what is is by far one of the um, you know better lineups I've seen um, you know it's very uh, you know guys that have all presented at, at your conference before, which, which is always top of the line guys. And you're talking Mike Young, that's, that's going to be talking about how he uh, implements uh, ISO inertial training within his elite level track and field athletes. Uh, Jeff Moyer coming in to talk about, and, and you mentioned Jeff earlier, that, that guy's a genius um, in everything he taught. He's super entertaining uh, when he presents and when he talks, uh, but the amount of knowledge he has is, is just insane. Um, you know, we'll be presenting uh, how we use it uh, within our, you know, globally within all of our student athletes, um, and, and how I think a lot of people that haven't seen it, they need the exposure of actually seeing it, uh, in a team setting. Um, we'll show a lot of our case study, uh, research that we've done comparing gravity training and, and force plates and things like that. Um, and then Randy Ballard, uh, from, uh, Illinois is going to be speaking. Randy is, is, is phenomenal. Um, you know, he's going to talk a lot about what, Um, and then two, kind of how that baseline monitoring can impact and dictate some of what we do in the return to play process. And a lot of that is just kind of active, active and mean, uh, impulse and, and stiffness and things like that, which obviously the K box, uh, has a huge benefit in training. And then Landon Evans will be the, uh, the last presenter. Um, and Landon, I mean, I mean, you know, is, is a, is a genius. I mean, that guy knows everything and, um, he's essentially going to talk about what he's doing at university of Iowa because they have so much technology, they have so much equipment and things like that, but He's going to actually talk about, okay, we're tracking this, this, and this, but how do we turn that into actionable data? What are we using this for, and, and, and how, are we, uh, how are we doing that? I love it, man. And where can people find out more info about it? Uh, so it's uh, on the Eccentrics website. Um, it's the Eccentrics High Performance Clinic. Um, and you, you can get all the details on uh, the itinerary, uh, the speakers, uh, where to register is, is on that website. Hotels are on that website. Um, you know, and, the, and this... You know, Eccentrics has done a great job in terms of they're trying to to make this, you know, as efficient for the uh, attendees as possible. So damn near all the meals are paid for um, as, as part of your registration. So, you know, it's, it's a Friday night uh, or Friday afternoon is Mike Young, the keynote speaker. There's going to be a social afterwards. Uh, that next day they're providing breakfast, they provide lunch. Um, and then there's going to be a, a, a speaker Q&A roundtable to, to finish out the day on Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, all that information is on the Eccentrics website. Um, and, and, or, um, you know, it's been social media blasted out from, 
Uh, Jeff has been blasting it out. I know Mike is a little bit. We have, and, and Eccentric has as well. Awesome, man. And we'll make sure we got that link underneath it and uh, stoked for you guys, man. That's going to be a blast. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, listen, Mark, really appreciate your time, brother. Love what you're doing out there, man. Can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Well, we'll be in touch real soon. All right. Thank you. And a huge thanks to SIUE's Mark Jamison for spending the time with us today. Guys, open, honest, candid, sharing. A man literally breaking down the what's, why's, and how's of how they're training their student-athletes out there. I can't thank Mark enough for being so open, honest, and candid with his sharing today. And guys, make sure you're checking out what they've got going on out there for August 9th, the Eccentric High Performance Clinic. The lineup is sensational. The link is in the notes. If there's any way you can get out there and check it out, please do so. This is a great continuing education opportunity. Mark, I can't thank you enough for all the work putting that together, brother. I know what that's like. So truly grateful for your efforts to try to make us all better. Thank you for all you're doing. Keep up the great work, brother. And as always, if you guys enjoyed the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. We are just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.